You're now tuned into the Don't Dumb Down Your Greatness podcast, where we explore the habits, tactics, and secrets behind the most inspiring entrepreneurs, thinkers, and leaders. Right now, we're on the line with, you know, Andre Houston Mack. Am I saying your, your middle name right? Yeah, that's it. Houston, man. All right. So, and he's the founder of Mouton Noir. Yep. Um, wines. And so, uh, he's also uh, pretty much uh, the lead, almost one of the leading winemakers in the country. Um, you know, he sells a million bottles a year. Um, and I never even heard this term before, because uh, I'm a wine newbie, by the way. Let's just start that off right now. Yeah. <laughs> so, uh, you know, a sommelier. Correct. You're saying, you're saying it right, yeah. I'm saying it right? See, I'm, I'm getting there. I'm getting there, man, because I actually watch videos, you know, about, you know, you and you explaining what a sommelier is and um, and things of that nature. But before, you know, and you've done a lot of great things and I'm going to dig into your history as we talk. But the first thing I want to know is like, um, how did you even get started? Um, you know, tell me about where you're from, because I saw that you were from Jersey, but t- let's, let's start right there. Okay. Um, I was uh, born in Trenton, New Jersey, uh, to a single mother. Uh, and that's kind of where we started. My mom joined the military and we kind of traveled all over the world. Uh, and that's really where I started. And then we kind of bounced around. We moved every two years. And I think, you know, I think that was pretty instrumental in what we do. Um, you know, later on in life, you know, just being able to pick up and move. And it meant that you had to figure out how to make friends and do that kind of stuff. Yeah, and you, and, you, and you said that your first job was at McDonald's. Yeah, my very first job ever was when I was 16. It was at McDonald's. So how did you jump? How did, did, you, did, you, did you just decide, like, you know what, I like food from being at McDonald's, or is, is that something that you just liked before you got that job? No, I think I, I enjoyed food. You know, I, I think for good grades, you know, one of the big rewards was, uh, you know, I get to go out to dinner with my parents. Uh, and at that time, I think I was really, like, in the crab leg. So I was, like, going to Red Lobster. Like, I think, you know, my parents weren't, like, big foodies. Like, we went out to, like, kind of chain restaurants, but Red Lobster was a big deal. I got to eat, you know, crab legs and all that other kind of stuff for, mm-hmm. you know, for getting good grades and that kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. And so I think that's kind of where the love of, like, just really, like, loving to, to go eat out. And that was one of my favorite things to do. Um, and so, yeah, I think it kind of grew from there. Yeah, I just didn't, I never thought about, like, working in a restaurant growing up as a kid. Or is, is that something that I would do? I mean, you know. It for me, I was like, I'm going to play in the NBA. You know what I mean? Like, you know, I had bigger aspirations of doing different things. And, and, and believe me, working in a restaurant just wasn't one of them. Um, and so kind of through moving through life, you know, you know, those were easy jobs to get. You know, I'm like yeah. six, 16 years old, you know. So like, you know, I've worked in, you know, Red Lobster, you know, that Burger King, you know, that kind of stuff. You know, but the, I was a, a young kid. It wasn't until it wasn't until much later in life, you know, so after being 21 that that i actually kind of took it serious you know working in restaurants but that came much that comes much later in life though for me exactly and and you actually and i saw that you even had you know a stint in in investment services with citicorp as well and so Mm -hmm. did you kind of leave the food world for a minute and just said you know what i like this you know let me let me work in the corporate world and then you just decided you know what this isn't for me yeah, absolutely right. Right. So, you know, I think most people who are waiting, waiting tables, you know, it's a passing thing, right? It's like, until you get your, till you get your degree or till you do this. And it's always one of those things where, 
uh, until you go on to the next best thing, right? And so we, uh, in that way, working in a restaurant business is pretty transient. Um, and so for me, that was it. I was going on as this bigger and better things. And at this point, you know, I was fascinated with finance and took a job at Citicorp Investment Services. Um, but, you know, after a year and a half there, or almost two years, I felt like, you know, I gained 40 pounds. I it just, you know, it just wasn't, it just, it, just, it didn't have the interaction with people that I, that I, that I felt like I was really craving. You know what I mean? I, I really, really needed to be in front of people. And that was, that was it. You know, and I think all kind of a learning process of really trying to figure out who you are um, and, and concentrate on what you're strong at. Uh, and I think, you know, that was the beginning where I realized that that was a, a key point for me was, you know, being able to, to, to communicate with people and being in front of people. So in the investment, in the investment world, I didn't, I didn't really get that because, you know, I was, I was on the phone. I wasn't in front of them and it just, it just was a different vibe. I was stuck in the cubicle. I couldn't move. And that was one of the big things for me. And so, yeah, I decided that, you know, I quit, I would go back to restaurants because that's what I knew. And I would do that, go there. That was a quick fix. I could do that. And that, you know, maybe I could go back to, you know, I was going to go back and go back to school and do all those things. Um, but uh, it, it never worked out. I went back to the restaurant business and I never left. Yeah. And you went back and you, you know, you've gone, you've done some pretty good things in the, in the restaurant injury industry. And I saw that you were, um, you know, working with Thomas Keller um, and you, you were the wine director at Per Se. Yeah. And these, is a, these this isn't like, <laughs> little. this isn't like little man roles. Like you kind of went and prospered like how did you shoot to the top of the restaurant world um so so fast uh, after leaving your job you're totally right it went you know and it didn't it didn't happen that fast right i think i think for okay. me like i'd have to tell the story that i went back to restaurants i was a waiter i didn't know anything about wine right so wine wasn't even a part of my lifestyle and, I, mm. and to be honest you know it was by watching old reruns of fraser that i actually became interested in wine Right. So, so, so from watching that show, uh, I just found the, those two to be hilarious and, and, and like their love of wine. And, uh, you know, I just really became inquisitive about it and, and really realized that, oh, like, hey, wine can be a part of my life. Right. So, you know, at that point, you know, I'd go to the store and, you know, whatever my budget was, I'd buy some wine. Uh, but it really it really introduced wine into my lifestyle. And then when I realized that I started to work in restaurants that had better wine lists, that that became a thing. Um, and I think, you know, the, the, old, the initial um, intrigue with it was just because it was how I could make money. Mm. Right. Right. So, you know, the most expensive dish on the menu is 50 bucks. The most expensive wine on the wine list is fifteen hundred dollars. And so for me, it was an easy way to, to, to make money. You know, if I knew more about it, I could talk more intelligently about it, guide people in the right direction. Um, and, you know, and I think just by exude, knowing about it, you exude confidence and by exuding confidence, people would, you know, they would, they would trust you when they ordered. And it wasn't like, you know what I mean? I've never seen anybody, you know, sell somebody something that they didn't really want. You know what I mean? It wasn't like, like you came in there and you wanted to spend $15 on a bottle of wine and I sold you a bottle for 500, right? It didn't, you know, it didn't, it didn't, it didn't, it didn't really, yeah, yeah, it didn't work that way. Um, but, you know, and it was just a, a through confidence through that. And. Uh, and I would say as how I moved fast is just because I studied my ass off, right? It wasn't, there wasn't one waking moment that I didn't study wine and, and try to hone my craft. I mean, if you came to my house at like four in the morning, I would have been, 
you know, I had bottles of wine filled with water and practicing pouring, right? It sounds yeah. crazy, right? But practicing pouring. So I made sure that I would pour right. And you know, I had to be able to pour with my left hand, you know, so you had to be ambidextrous, like, you know, all those kind of things that seem pretty crazy. And then, you know, having flashcards, knowing the regions, knowing all the different things about the wine. Uh, and then, you know, and then also tasting. So those are three things for me that kind of really helped me, you know, so I would get off at work at like 1030 from the hours of 1030 to 430 in the morning, I studied, I was up, I wasn't out somewhere hanging out. I was dedicated to, to knowing every possible thing that I could about, about wine. And that, and that's kind of, that, and the kind of, that's kind of how that worked out for me. Yeah, you, you kind of touched on a, um, a serious theme here. You know, you hustled, you put in the time, yeah. you put in the work. And a lot of people, you know, they look at your success and they may think, oh, that's overnight or or anything like that. Could you could you talk could you kind of talk about, you know, how important it is to to actually dedicate to your craft? Like, you know, how how important it is for especially young millennials that are now trying to get into fields where they have no experience. Yeah. I mean, overnight success is a minimum of 10 years, period. And that's, and that's grinding every day, right? You just, I mean, to me, you just, have, you, you just have to be able to be focused and put in the work. It's wax on, wax off. You know, we get a lot of people who talk, you know, about mentors and they think that a mentor is going to sit down one day and say, okay, you know what? I'm going to tell you everything I know. But why would they do that? It doesn't, it doesn't work that way. Come prepared. When you have a mentor, push your mentor. Show them that you've done the research. Ask the difficult questions, but, but, but show that you've done some research. You know what I mean? And like, and that's what I don't think people just think that people are just that their mentors and other people in life are just going to hand you something. Um, they're more likely to hand you something if they've seen that you're working towards it. Um, and for me, I got into wine later, later in life. You know, a lot of my other peers had had six or seven years on me. And so for me, uh, I always worked for, you know, my whole premise is two for one or three for one. Like I want to go to work. I want to push myself, work as hard so every day for me counts as two days or three days. You know, I showed up to work at seven in the morning, at least three hours, two hours before anyone else got there. Right. Yeah. You, know, you know what I mean? And just to kind of plan my day, get things right. Um, and then I was always the last one to leave. But it, it, but it, but it's paramount. Like there's like there's there's nobody who's gotten anything in life um, without working hard for it. it. Well, I mean, you know, you know what I mean? Like. Any, anybody who's, who's successful, like, you know what I mean? It's like, you know, it's, you know, what do what you know, you know, like what Drake say, was she in the gym shooting in the gym with him? Right. It's the same thing. Right. It's, it's lonely. A lot of that is, is, is lonely. So those, those countless amount of hours that you spend in the gym shooting, working on your free throws and, you know, honing your craft. Uh, if you're an actor, all those things, it, it's, 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 it's lonely, but, but that's, but that's the price that you pay, right? Those are the sacrifices that you make that no one sees. Right. It's, you know, it's pretty boring, you know, you know, it's like, you know, people look at your life and they say, oh, this must be exciting for this, this and that. But like, actually, it's pretty boring. Like, you know what I mean? It's like, oh, I got like a 5 a.m. flight, so I'm going to go back to the hotel. You know what I mean? Bang out some work and then, you know, crash for three hours and then get yeah, back this, up and get on the plane. This is all important stuff. I mean, you speak it to me right now, man. You speak it to me right now, man, because it's like, you know, personally, you know, I think, you know, you're right. It is lonely. Like a lot of people don't see the work that goes into it, the, the hard work. And sometimes it can become discouraging. What kept you, you know, motivated? Because, you know, loneliness is like, you know, it's anxiety building up so yeah. many different thoughts. What kind of kept you in the zone? Um, just I think for me, just just knowing that 
that I had to be ready. You know, I used to tell people, I was like, you know, I feel like I need to be ready for something, and, and, but I don't know what, right? And, and, and I'm a firm believer, I, you know, I don't really, I don't, I'm a firm believer in that you create your own opportunities. Like luck is like, it's like this thing that comes, you know, it's, I don't really believe in it. I think that you work hard, you work hard, you're in the right place at the right time, and, and you're ready for those opportunities, right? Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Opportunities present themselves every day. What happens is most people aren't ready for those opportunities when they come by, right? And so the ship sails. But for me, I just kept saying one day, you know, my card is going to get called, right? And if mm-hmm. you just keep meeting people, you keep your head down, you have to be ready, right? I don't think that, you know, greatness is not this elusive thing, right? Greatness exists in everybody. I think you, it, 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 you arise to the occasion. Yeah. Some, people, some people don't and they fail uh, and they learn from those experiences and they, and they move on. Some people step up and they rise to the occasion um, and other great things start to happen from that. Um, but for me, it was just always that, like, this can't be it for me, right? This can't be as good as it gets for me. Like, I, I, I know that. And the, other, and the thing that you know is, is that, that the one thing that I'm 100, 1,000% in control of is my work ethic how hard I work. Right. And so that's, you know, and that, and it's just that, like you see people, you're like, wow, that guy, that guy's better looking than me. That guy's more talented than me. But the, the other thing is that I don't think that he can outwork me. Right. right? And that, and that, and that's, and, and I think that was a big driving force about like, okay, great. Like we're all here. We're all working in this place. We're all doing the same job. But when I go home, I do this. When you go home, you, you do something totally different. Right. You you cut it off and, you know, you want to yeah. you want to watch Empire, but you don't want to build one. You know what I'm saying? Right. Everybody, everybody, right. want, everybody wants to go out and watch Empire. Right. But nobody wants to put in the time to actually build one. Yeah. Everybody wants to tell you how to do it. Right. Uh, you know what I mean? And so so for me, it was just like, OK, I, you know, I, you know, I'm going to spend my time wisely um, because I know that that something something great could come of this, you know, you know, you know, and and. That's yep. a perfect segue, actually, because, you know, that hard work did pay off. You know, you became a sommelier, and I read up what sommeliers usually are. You know, you're in the restaurant, you're the, you're the number one person that people consult with when they want to drink wine with certain foods, and right. you, you're, you're like, almost like a highly, like a highly regarded position in the wine world, especially at restaurants, and so you became one, but not only that, I think you were like one of the only black ones. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. They don't call me, you know, Mouton Noir for nothing. Right. No, there's there's not a lot of people that look like me that do what I do. Uh, even to this day, you know, if we, you know, reverse roles or look at my new role, it just it just doesn't exist. You know, and even when you think about like just African-Americans in in the wine community and, and we're not known as big wine drinkers. And so that's something that seems pretty foreign. Yeah. Um, but um, but on both sides. Right. Even to to people who look like me and people who don't. Um, so yeah, no, I mean, working as a sommelier and, and one of the, I mean, French Laundry and Per Se were considered some of the best restaurants in the world. Um, you know, we had million dollar sellers and, you know, we sold lots of wine and uh, that, that experience was really fun. But also you did get people who were really surprised uh, when they asked to speak to the sommelier and I showed up at the table, you know. <laughs> Yeah, man, that's that's a priceless moment. That's a yeah, priceless no, moment. but it, but it totally is, right? But like, it, like, but it, it would it would behoove me to be upset about it. Like at that point, I laughed because I realized I got you, right? Yeah. I was totally unexpected. I snuck up on you, 
right? And now, you know what I mean? It's like, and I don't need to, and then I, I felt like I was in the position that I didn't really need to prove anything to, to them anyway. Like I'm the person that, that's standing in front of you. You know, I know more about this list than anybody here because I put it together, um, that kind of thing. And I think at that point, you know, you've kind of showed your, you showed your hand and I got you. I'm already, I'm already, yeah. I've already won. Um, yeah. And so that, that part was always interesting. Just, you know, and, and, you know, I think at first I was kind of cut off guard, but after that, I learned to kind of embrace it. Not that it happened a lot, but when it did happen, you know, it was something that was pretty funny, you know, or, you know, or the guy's wife is like elbowing him like, Hey, jackass, that's him. Like, yeah. like you know, you're like, it's like, Hey, you guys ready to talk about wine? And they're like, no, we asked to speak to the sommelier. And I'm like, um, okay. Um, that would be, yeah, that would be me. Really? You know, you know, uh, yeah. And so you so. leverage that. You leverage now because the thing is, you you were you were at these highly you know paid, highly regarded restaurants, and you and you just kind of decided, you know what, I know enough about this that I can just start making my own, um, and that's when you know Mouton Noir wines were were born. And yep. just to give, just to remind people, uh, you know, you this brand sells like a million bottles a year now, and then you you. You are, you know, one of the best selling, you know, wines in the country. I just want to remind people as we live, as we, as we hear your story. Um, and so, you know, talk about what was the motivation behind saying, you know what, I'm going to leave. Like, you know, like, 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 isn't that scary to make that decision? Yeah, no, it's, it's very scary. But like, but, we, but what you realize is like, it goes back to what I said before, like, this can't be as good as it gets for me. Yeah, it was a highly coveted job. It was great. I think most people are afraid to leave because they don't know what's next, right? And, like, they have to live up the expectation of everybody else. But like, everybody else who sees them, you know, oh, okay, so, if you know, you have to, like, leave to go on to, like, you know, to own in your own place or doing something else. And so for me, and plus, you know, I saw other guys getting it, right? You know what I mean? Like, you know, part of my job was to taste and evaluate wine. People would bring in wine. I would taste and evaluate the wine uh, and decide you know, and decide what goes, what goes on the wine list and what doesn't. Um, and what happens is you would see people coming in all the time with wine, right? And, but the story and the narrative was always the same. It was a person who made a shit ton of money doing something else and, and decided that this is what they wanted to do. I never heard a story like my story. Like, you know, well, this kid used to put cocktail sauces on plates at Red Lobster and wash dishes and he, just, he worked his way up. There was really rarely any stories about people who were in the industry who hopped to the other side and hopped on the production side. Um, and, you know, one, because it takes a huge outlay of cash. Um, and it just, those weren't narratives that were, were being tossed around. Uh, and then, you know, you would go to the store, you would go to the grocery store and you would see, you know, wines that had like a happy face sticker on it. And, you know, and that was like, well, shit, if, if they can do that, how can they do that? And I can't do that. Right. Not that I would want to, you know what I mean? Like, like there were people, actual people out there, getting paid off of that, doing that. Um, and I just felt like, like I can do that. Like, I mean, I can get meetings with the top restaurant people in this country. Like, why shouldn't I be able to, to be able to build something off of that? And, you know, and I was feeling, you know, I was working at the restaurant and I was, you know, kind of feeling like, Hey, you know what? Like this can't be as good as it gets for me. One, two, um, there's, there's got to be an evolution of like something else. Like I, I wanted to be an entrepreneur. I've known that for a long time. So I knew I wanted to be an entrepreneur. I knew I wanted to be creative, but also I knew that I still wanted to continue to learn about wine. And wine isn't something that like you read this book and you memorize everything in it and you know everything about wine. That's not how it works. 
Yeah. Right. It's kind of that thing to be a, a master is for it to, to forever be a student. Right. So you constantly, you know, digesting new information, learning different things, tasting. Uh, but what happens is, you know, now I'm running a sommelier team and I have four of the sommeliers that work for me. I don't get to touch wine the way I used to. Right. I'm, you know, my days are filled with managing people and schedules and yeah. all those kind of things. Um, and as a sommelier, I felt like we, I was more of a curator, right? Less of a, like a, a creative, like a chef actually makes something, right? A bartender crafts a, a cocktail. Yeah. But as a wine, as a wine professional, as a sommelier, we didn't, we didn't get to, we didn't, we crafted a list, so to speak. We were curated. We put a list together and a collection together and could talk about it, but we didn't actually make anything. Uh, and I, I felt that's where the kind of the disconnect was for me. Uh, and so I wanted to continue to learn about wine. And I thought the best way to be able to do that would be to make my own. Uh, yeah. And then I could be an entrepreneur and I could be more creative. And so that's, that's how I set out. I was like, okay, no, there's no time than, than the present to do that, to, to say, you know, let's, let's move on. Um, and yeah, and, and that is scary. Um, yeah. and, not to not, and to not really have a plan, but, you know, I'm a firm believer in, you know, putting it out in the universe, you know, letting the universe co-conspire with you to, to help and make things happen. So I wrote an email to every single person I had encountered over the last five years um, and used that platform to say what I wanted to do, right? Say what I was going to do, you know? So thank you guys. I've enjoyed working with you. Hope our paths cross again. I'm off to go make wine. And that was, that was as far as my plan was, Right. Um, but lo and behold, people started to, to reach back out. People started to call and said, Hey, you know what? We normally sell this fruit to somebody else, but we'd much rather sell it to you. You know, you know what I mean? And then it was like, okay, that's, that's kind of an important lesson, you know, because a lot of times when people, uh, they decide they up and want to do something, they, they go outside of their immediate network and just think, mm -hmm. well, they assume that there's nothing that they have within their own reach that can get them to the next level. And you said, you said, you just kind of said, I'm going to send an email to all the people I do know. And mm -hmm. then that, would you, you would credit that as being, you know, one of the best moves you made in an early beginning. Would you credit that oh, as course. that? Of course I wouldn't be doing what I'm doing now if I didn't do it. Right. I just, I just wouldn't do it. And you know, and what happens is you get a whole bunch of people that are like, you know, like this, you know, that's ballsy. That guy has, you know, he has the audacity or do this. What make, yeah. what makes him think that he's going to do it and this, you do it better than what we do, you know, but all those things are, that's all just white noise. You know, for me, it was like, okay, this is the vision. I'm going to put it out there. And that, and that was, and that was it. Like all these emails and all these connections I had, that was, you know, that was my basis, right? That's what I was going to use to say, you know, that was my platform to say what I was going to do. Like, I think people don't give themselves enough credit. Let other people help you, right? Give, give people, give other people the opportunity to, to help you. And to point you in the right in the right direction, and I don't think people don't do that. Now they don't. And the worst, I think, the reason why is because they're nervous about mm -hmm. how they may appear, or they may they feel like people may think they, they look stupid, or or then you know just some some kind of level of fear is involved in that. You only you only live once, man, and yeah. so I'd much rather look stupid and live the life that that I want to live, right? And 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 you know what I you know I'd say you know to live to live an extraordinary life. And to live life on my own terms, I'd much rather look stupid and do that than, 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 than look cool and show up to a job that I hate, all right, or not, or not totally be in control of your life. Like, you are absolutely 
1000% can control over your life, over your own life. It's just a series of decisions that you have to make. Um, and, and so, you know, and that, you know, and I kind of learned that from that process, right? It is hard starting, you know, I stopped and started, you know, several different times because it, it just wasn't working, whether it wasn't the right deal, or maybe I felt like I was adv- taken advantage of and didn't do them up. You know, for me, I didn't have any capital, right? So my leverage was my other relationships and my, and, and my work ethic. Like people believed in me because they saw how, how hard I was going to work. Um, and so you, ha- you, you know what I mean? So I had work ethic and I didn't have, you know, so I had sweat equity, but I didn't have any cash. And so yeah. when, you ha- when you don't have any skin in the game, you know, you, you're the last person to get paid if you ever get paid. So, you know, so, you know, I had to deal with some of that and we had to stop and regroup and figure that out. But the one thing I knew is, is I knew that, like, I just needed to get in front of people and tell my story. Man, like, I, I don't even. Need... a lot of people. Good. I think a lot of people are really going to be grateful to hear these words, man, especially for somebody like yourself, man. It's just, um, it's ringing true with me personally, really, really strong, man. And so um, I think I needed these words just as much as whoever's listening. <laughs> <laughs> Nah, you know, it's, it's interesting when you look back on it, it's, it's pretty powerful. Like, this, the fact is, like, you, you know, you can, you, you can choose to work or, or not to, but, like, you can constantly be working on yourself. You know, if you, if you invest in yourself, then you can never let yourself down. You know what I mean? That's, that's an investment that's worth it. You know, so, you know, taking the time to, like, learn how things work. You know, for me, it, it was like I couldn't afford anything, so I couldn't afford a graphic designer, so I taught myself how to do graphic design started a graphic design firm, you know, in 2009, right? You know what I mean? Like, it's all these things that, like, at the beginning, like, I didn't know, you know, I didn't, I couldn't afford to hire anybody else, so we just did them ourselves. And, you know, I think that's kind of, you know, the kind of the generation that I grew up in, right? We're going to touch on a little bit of that, because I actually saw your TED Talk. Yep. And your TED Talk was quite inspirational, and I encourage anyone listening to really go look up his TED Talk. But you, you you had five themes, and I kind of want to, you, you've kind of spoke on a little bit of them as we had our conversation, uh-huh. but I want to go through the five themes anyway, because okay. they, put, they put things in perspective. And the first thing that you had was black sheep don't do what they're supposed to do. That's right. And what did you, what did you kind of mean by that? What do you mean by that rule? Is that you, I mean, I think that you have to look outside of the norms and, and do things different. Look, look at things in a, at a, and not in a skewed view. Like sometimes it's great to kind of step back, see a different vision, and then and, and attack it a different way. It, it just it's like we just black sheep don't do what they're supposed to do. We just do things differently, and like it's okay. Like you know, I think everybody feels like they need to conform, and yeah. by conform, you 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 think and look like everybody else. You become sheep, right? So for me, it was it was more about like taking a couple steps back, um, looking at the situation, and 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 ultimately authentically be you right you know it's okay being a black sheep is okay right because it's all about embracing who you are and using that to leverage yeah. leverage your, you know leverage leverage yourself to, to do different things than to stand a, apart from the crowd and so truly that's what that means yeah and then your second thing was and this is the one that resonated with me because i feel like a lot of what i've done in my life it's um, resonates with this, which is don't be don't be afraid to do it yourself. And you gave the example of your design firm and how you had no choice. And I just want to shout out his designs real quick. Like 
He has some influences from Star Wars on his labels, some influences <laughs> by Naughty by Nature, all types of different, you know, <laughs> like th- things that, you know, you didn't look like, you didn't look typical. And no. so, but, but you learned to do this yourself, like, which, which I thought was really great. That's where you discover your design, your passion for design, right? Yeah, no, totally. And it was one of those things. I think I like had a little bit of it before, but like this was a chance to kind of dive in. So those hours that I had from, you know, those bank of hours between 1030 and 430 at night, at this point, I wasn't really using a lot of those towards wine. I was using the, a lot of that energy and time into graphic design, like creating our labels, you know, designing our website, like all those things that I felt like I can do. You know what I mean? I, I guess the... Yeah. Uh, as I look back and I look at my life, a lot of times I just looked at life and say, well, shit, I can do that. I can make that. <laughs> right. You know what I mean? Like, you know, and, and now to, to this day, it's kind of the same thing. Right. You know, it's like I said, well, you can't, you know, I was telling my people, don't bring me to somebody like you want me to hire this person. But like, shit, he can't he can't make it better than I can make it. Right. You know what I mean? It's like if yeah. he can make it better than then bring that person to me. Um, but what I'm starting to realize now is, is that it's, it's more of time is the essence now. I don't have time. Yeah. To do all those things that I that I did before, um, as my plate becomes more things become stacked on my plate. Uh, but I'm definitely, you know, my thing is roll up your sleeves and do it yourself. Because if you learn how to do it, then you can speak the language. And so when you get to that point where you can hire someone to do it, you know, you you know the ins and outs of, of it. You know what it takes. You know all these different things. And you know, and and I think that makes me a better communicator because because I know that part of it, right? Exactly. I can I can walk into a rest any restaurant and relate, do a staff training and relate to any of the waiters there because I've done that job. I know how that is, right? You know, I know that you probably, you're probably hung over today or you don't really want to be here, but there's a lot of other shit happening in your life. But I'm here to tell you that I used to be just, I was just like you sitting on the other side of this table, yeah. right? And, you know, without any, any real, like, edu- you know, well, I wouldn't say education, but like without any real, like, business school knowledge or any of these other things, I went out and created a company. And, and I think that anybody that puts their mind to it can, can achieve whatever it is they're trying to achieve. Definitely. And the next point that you, you brought up, the next theme was don't dress the part. And, you know, you, you showed a lot of the other T-shirt designs and things of that nature. Yeah. And, you, and you even showed off, you know, how people dress in the wine world. And <laughs> I saw you, man. You don't look like, you know, you don't look like someone who's from the wine world. And so... What but I like that part of it, right? Never let yeah. him see you coming. Let him never let him see you coming, right? Because then you know you know exactly who they are. That's how they show their cards. It's like walking up to the table, and they, you know, they said, "Yeah, we we asked to speak to the sommelier." I mean, but you would assume the next person who came to the table would be the sommelier. They've already they already showed their cards. You walk into. I challenge the status quo every time I walk into an account to sell wine because I'm the last person that anybody would think that knew anything about wine in the store. Right. Where they're like, hey, uh, sir, can I help you? And it's like, but you knew I was coming with Bob for three weeks now, but you didn't I, I didn't look I didn't look like who you thought I would look like. And I and I think that's just all about being authentic to who you are, being comfortable wearing, you know, wearing what you want to wear. But like, don't 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 feel like you have to conform and dress the part. You can leverage that and use that to your advantage as well. Right. Mm. You know, that's the, and that's some old like sneaky warfare shit there. You know what I mean? Like yeah, never, <laughs> ne- never, never let them see you coming. Like they have they have no idea. Trojan horse, man. Yeah. Definitely. Right. Uh, and then you had the uh, don't seek approval. That's yeah. the next one. Yeah, that's right. Stop asking for permission to be uh, great. <laughs> you know what I mean? You don't have to ask anybody except yourself. Right. Do you want to be great? Right. Do you want to be great at what you do? 
And, and that's it. Like, don't, you know, so many people do that, you know, and, you know, and I learned kind of the hard way, but, you know, for me, it was more like, you know, it's much easier to ask for forgiveness than it is for permission. Yeah. Just, just do what you're going to do. Right. Stop asking other people because they're going to try to talk you out of doing it. Right. I, de- I designed the world's first culinary coloring book slash activity book because uh, <laughs> I was inspired one day. Right. But like, if I would have taken that to a publisher, they all would have told me, ah, oh, that's not a good idea. It's th- this, it's that, do this, do that. And my thing is, is I'm all about showing proof of concept. Right. Yeah. I go out and make it myself. We go out and sell it ourselves. And, and then now, like I've had that whole experience from soup to nuts to at the beginning, building it from the ground up. And then so the next version of the book will actually take it to a publisher. Right. Because I've experienced it one way. Now I want to experience a different way. So I understand how the whole system worked. And so I can see the benefits of, of both. But yeah. This is great. And the last one you had was um, play. You know, and I think a lot of that is what you said. Like, you know, you made the coloring book. Yeah. And, you know, you're just doing things. Like, to me, I, I see play even with your labels, even yeah. with your designs. Yeah, no, I think, I think you have to be playful, especially in an industry like this industry, which is full of pretension. I feel like the, the greatest foil to pretension is, is, is humor, right? Yeah. To be able, and, 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 and in life in general, to be able to make fun of ourselves and, and to have fun. Uh, so for, for me... It was a, it was a big, it was a big deal, right? Because, you know, I'm really doing something that I love that it actually feels like it's not work. And so to be able to play and to go outside of, to look outside of the box and do different things, like doing a coloring book is, an, is another way for me to connect with, with the end user, to connect with the people who drink our wine and people who are into food and, and those kind of things. You know, I mean, the, the world's most coveted restaurant review Michelin guide, they make tires, yeah. right? So think about that. There's a company that makes tires that they're, that they're like, they're, they're considered the, the world's top restaurant review. And so for <laughs> me, I try to look outside of the box. I mean, think about it. They said, okay, great. People buy tires to put on their car to travel places. A lot of times when they go on vacation and travel those places, they go out to eat. So how about we just make a guide, right? I mean, I mean, it's the same thing. You look at, you know, um, uh, Guinness, uh, the Guinness brew, the Guinness sales were lagging, I think like in the fifties or sixties, they sent out a, uh, they sent out a, um, a survey, you know, that's what they did back then. They sent out a survey teams to, to go to all the pubs and ask people, um, you know, to see what people were talking about. People were talking about trivia. People were talking about football. So soccer, right? So they decided to come out with the world's, the Guinness book of world records, right? <laughs> you see what I'm saying? Like, my thing is, is like to be able to try to connect with people like, okay, great. Like people drink wine. What are people are doing? What do people do when they drink wine? Right? They're normally with friends hanging out. They could be reading a book. They could be watching TV, or they can be eating dinner. Right? They could be at the beach. Right? You know. And for me, it's like to try to connect with them in other other ways than just the typical straight up like, oh here, here's our wine, buy our wine, or like, yeah, yeah, totally, totally, right? Because that's all what we're looking for. um, Is we're looking for experiences, right? You can't you can't take all the other shit with you, right? You have memories and experiences. You know, and that's it. This is great, man. I mean, I got to be honest, man. Like, you know, the reason why I felt like there's a lot of parallels because, in, you know, to me, I'm a person. I'm, I'm born and raised in Newark, New Jersey. Ooh. And, you know, uh, I got into the tech world really young, um, you know, and I wasn't really like I didn't go to high school for it or I didn't go to college for it or anything like that. I didn't know how to program, but I figured things out on my own 
built some built a company, got into tech startups, got into venture capital. Like almost like to me, it's like a lot of what your story. That's why I was like, man, this I can't believe I didn't know this guy before because I, I always kind of knew I could do it my way. Always knew I didn't have to conform and dress like another person or look like another person, and I could have fun with it and implement mm-hmm. hip hop culture, implement mm-hmm. all these things. And so, looking at your story and looking at your level of success should be an inspiration to a lot of people listening to this because most of the people who listen to these podcasts are people who kind of feel the same way as me. We're like, we want to get, we want to have success on our own terms. Correct. And I think your, your, you know, I think your journey so far, because it's not over. I think your journey so far is a is a shining example of just how you know just how successful we can be if we just did those things. Well, and definitely in this day and age with technology, man, it's just, you just got to put in the work. And what happens yeah. is most people aren't, and most people quit like right before it gets good. I mean, you truly, and and you know, and I think for me, what was hard was just like I knew. I'm a worker, right? I knew, I knew that about myself early on, right? I'd love, you know, I just love to be like, go down the rabbit hole and be involved in it. And like, but the thing is, is that I think we, the journey was figuring out where to apply that. Like, you know what I mean? I, I think for a search, it's like, well, I just need to figure out what the hell I'm supposed to be doing, right? You know what I mean? And once I figure that out, I'm just going to do the shit out of that. Like nobody's business, like, yeah. like, you know, like nobody else. And I think most people have to realize that it it is work and there is sacrifices. There is, you know, um, you know, I mean, you know, relationships, right. Sacrifice. I think, I think for, you know, before I got married, I looked at, you know, if I look at all my relationships, a lot of things that we argued about was, was, was my entrepreneurship, me wanting to work. And that wasn't an entrepreneur then, but I think like, just like, no, I spent a lot of time at work just all the time. Um, and they, you know, and my, you know, my significant other didn't understand that. And I think the whole time I, I fought for that until, until I found someone who understood that, right. You know, that, that understood that like, Hey, like, I'm never going to stop working when I retire. I'm never going to stop working. It's just going to be this yeah. thing. Um, and I think, you know, I think our spouses believe in us, but it was, you know, and, and until like it like turns on, you know, that, you know, I, that's when I realized that my wife, she was like, oh, wow. Like she believed in me, but she didn't really, you know what I mean? Like she believed in the idea. And then like when it started to happen, then she was like, oh shit, really? I'm like, oh yeah. 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 And so <laughs> she's like, no, really? I'm like, no, really. Right. Um, and so, and those, those things. And I tell people, sometimes you, you know, sometimes that's something that you have to give up if you really want it. Yeah. Right? Some, some exactly. people, some, some people, some people, some people settle and say, okay, great. Well, you know, I'm in love with this person. And that means that, you know, I can't go do this and do that. And it's not going to, you know, otherwise it's not going to work. And they choose that. Yeah. Right. Like I said, it's all decisions. Right. Right. And you can't blame anybody. Right. Because you're in control of that decision. Um, sometimes, 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 sometimes you have to break off relationships um, because, because they don't work. And sometimes, you know, and that feels selfish, but, but it, it but it is it's just, it's your life. Right. If you if if those are things that you want in your life that you have to sacrifice some of those things. Um, and it's hard, you know, I mean, I travel on the road almost every week. I have three kids, you know, um, but, you know, I do get to spend crazy amount of time with them because of, you know, just because of how my schedule is. I mean, I could take the whole summer off technically, you know what I mean? We moved to Europe yeah. during the summer, right? You know what I mean? So like these, those things, those are the, those are the sacrifices that, that you make, you know, it's like my kids are rather young and, um, you know, I'm home for dinner every Friday night. Right. But like Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, I'm gone. 
you know, and I get to see yes. them and that, you know, you know what I mean? I, you know, I'd like, you know, some days I'm like in the car, you know, reading a book to them via face, you know, FaceTime. But you know what I mean? But like, but part of this is, is that like, I mean, there's sacrifices. I don't get to, to, to go to all of their recitals and all that other stuff, but hopefully all the work and the things that I'm doing, you know, provide a better future for all of us, you know? Oh no, no doubt, man. <clears throat> the fruits of your labor is definitely showing, man. And honestly, I think you hit on some great, uh, some great themes there, you know, as far as like work-life balance and, yeah. you know, sacrifice. And those, those are, you know, definitely things that I think we don't, especially young entrepreneurs, Mm-hmm. We don't think about enough because, you know, we look at, you know, Instagram and we see people balling out and we want to just like, OK, I'm an entrepreneur now. And then the following week, they're like, wait, what happened? <laughs> like, I still want to go party. Wait, you mean to tell me I can't go party and do it for the gram? You mean to yeah. tell me I can't, you know, and, and I think people don't understand that part. And, and honestly, I think, you know, hearing your story um, close up. Well, definitely, you know, uh, put the rest, some of those, um, some of those uh, assumptions. Well, yeah, I mean, you know, but social media is really interesting. And I think most people have to take it all with a grain of salt, right? Like, because the fact of it is, is that if people posted a whole bunch of negative shit or like, or the bad stuff in their life, then, you know, that, you know, then that brings everybody else down. And, and you know what I mean? So like, I, you got to understand that, that, the, that it is slightly superficial, um, and, you know, and for me, I just, I, it's, it's, to me, it's just, you know, it's a tool to be able to catch up with people. You know, I, I'm into it, but I don't, I don't invest a lot in emotionally in it about like what other people put on there. You know what I mean? Like it's, it's just too easy to, to like, to keep, you know, to keep scrolling. Right. Yeah. So I don't, I don't, yeah, I don't get, you know, how some people are like, they get all crazy. I'm gonna block this person. Cause I just, I just, I just don't, <laughs> you know, you know, and especially with Facebook, the, the thing is, is that what happens is, is that we create our own bubbles, especially in something like Facebook, because all your friends agree with you, right? So yeah. when all your friends agree with you, like, or, or when someone says something, you know, out of left field on your, in, in your feed, you're like, oh, hell no. And then you, you block them or you unfriend them. So, but what you've basically done is you, you've perfectly curated a bubble around you of people who just think like you. Uh, and that can be dangerous, right? Yeah. Because then you, you filter out all the stuff that you want to hear and then you don't know what the hell's happening. And then what it just happened, just happened. You know what I'm exactly. saying? Exactly. <laughs> right. Right. So, so for me, you have, you know, you know said, I turn on Fox news, you know what I'm saying? I need to know, I need to know what everybody's saying. Exactly. Right. So I think I just, you know, so I think like being careful with that, I like try to try to have filler out fillers out to see what everybody else is, what everybody's doing. Right. Especially as an entrepreneur, right. And get on the, get on platforms early, you know, that, and that's, you know, and that's been, been, been key for me i'm always like kind of an early adapter perfect perfect andre man you know thank you for you know blessing us today man you gave us a lot of you know gems um i feel like i owe you some money or something man you know? <laughs> <laughs> no nah, uh, man is- just give it just give it i just give it back man that's i mean that's that's what it's about right when 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 i was trying to do this there was nobody that looked like me that i could go to that i felt comfortable that could have that could that could possibly have the same experiences that could give me some type of guidance in that way. There just wasn't. And so for me, I feel like I'm, I'm happy to give it back all day long. Thank you, man. Thank You're you. welcome. Thank you so much. Um, the, so I definitely need to try out your wines, man. I'm not going to be as good as you to, to know, you know, how to taste it the right way. <laughs> but <laughs> I'll definitely know that since you've done it, it's going to be the bomb. So I definitely, cool. um, working on getting some bottles now and, 
And um, yeah, listen, man, if anybody wants to get in touch with you or find you or check out some of your stuff, how can they do it? Uh, sure. They can go to our website, Mouton Noir Wines. So that's M-O-U-T-O-N, Noir, N-O-I-R, Wines, W-I-N-E-S, uh, dot com. Or, you know, you can hit me up on the gram at You Know Mouton. So Y-O-U, No Mouton, you know, You Know Mouton. <laughs> and definitely don't forget to go check out his TED Talk. Um, and he's done some really cool collaborations with Microsoft and um, I saw your, not your, the, the car rental service too when they, they followed you around Brooklyn. Um, yeah, I did. All the dope spots, yeah. man. So, uh, yeah, I did that. Really cool business yeah, just did Cadillac. Man. Yeah, Cadillac was been pretty good. I just did something with Cadillac. So yeah, it's been I've been fortunate enough. Like, and and that's what's great. I feel like you put you put out stuff and people respond, and that's all been through the good graces of people seeking me out and finding me 